Welcome back to Conversations Podcast. I'm Scott Law. And I'm Terry Law. And we are glad to be back with you today. Today we're going to be talking about a new new subject, battle in our mind. The fight of every believer. Yes. Yes, indeed. So today we want to start off, we've got a bunch of scriptures for you today to talk about uh, the warfare in our mind that we have to battle with. Do you want me to start off with six, Acts 16.25 or do you want to talk about... I'll open up the subject okay, and then, then we'll get to uh, okay. to the story. I'm going to tell a personal story that uh, probably opened my mind to understand how the enemy tries to manipulate us in the area of our thoughts. And it happened uh, way up in Canada in the province of Saskatchewan. Uh, Some years ago, Living Sound, my music group, had traveled into Canada, and uh, we were touring through Saskatchewan and Alberta. We came to a certain town in Saskatchewan, and we had, oh, probably an audience of 400 people in our service that night. Uh, And after the service was done, uh, the pastor had an unusual request. He said, Terry, I've got someone here that I would like you to look at. And I said, all right. So he took me to, uh, in the church, took me to a side room in the Sunday school room, actually. And I walked in the door, and there was a lady standing there. Uh, She was dressed in uh, almost like a hospital gown. I remember looking at her. It was a shocking appearance to me. Her eyes were kind of hooded. Uh, She looked like she had been on drugs of some sort. And uh, it didn't take me long to recognize the fact that she had uh, a demonic influence in her life. I I could see it on her face and I could see it in her eyes. And uh, so the pastor said, "Would would you care to minister to her? So the first thing I did is I said to the woman, I didn't know how much she could understand. She had been in a uh, mental institution for a year and a half. Uh, she hadn't said anything for, about, for all that time. And so I was coming on the scene uh, in quite an unusual manner. And I, I spoke to the woman. I said, uh, I'm going to talk to spirits that are operating inside your life. And I'm going to ask you to agree with what I'm asking them to do. Uh, Don't try to hold on to them. I'm going to ask them to leave you and to let you go. And when I command that to happen, something is going to happen inside of you. But uh, if you'll agree with me, would you nod? And she just nodded her head uh, a very little bit. And so uh, I began to address what I felt was uh, an evil spirit upon her. And uh, I did it very much like uh, Paul did, and, and I think that's where we'll go to the Scripture now, Scott, in Acts chapter 16 and verse 25 okay. in the Scriptures that you've got. I, I want you to read a story there of a girl with a fortune-telling demon. Uh, somewhere around verse 11 or 12, Paul is ministering in Philippi. And this girl is following them throughout the streets, and she's calling out loudly, trying to interrupt their their ministry in the town of Philippi. She said, Behold, these are servants of the Most High God. And finally, 
After a week of doing this, Paul just gets upset. He turns around and he commands the spirit that is in the woman. He said, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And the spirit left her, the Bible says, that very hour, that very moment. Go ahead. All right. This is Acts 16, 16, Mm -hmm. Paul and Silas. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. The girl followed Paul and said, cried out saying, these men are the servants of the most high God who proclaimed to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul greatly annoyed turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. And when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. That's right. And they accused them in the marketplace and a crowd was stirred up and they, they whipped Paul and Silas with the cat of nine tails. They uh, threw them into an inner prison. And the story continues on. And then in verse 25, the Bible says, and at midnight, Paul and Silas sang praises unto the Lord. Now, that's uh, an amazing story, but uh, I want to pick up the theme of of uh, the spirit in that girl, a fortune-telling demon. She had it, and uh, Paul got rid of it. Uh, when I was uh, dealing in Saskatchewan with this spirit, I, I, I asked the spirits inside her to name themselves, and several of them did, but it was about the sixth spirit that I, when I talked to it, uh, I said, what is your name? And the spirit said, my name is mind control. And uh, I was shocked at the name that the spirit gave me. And I said, I command you in Jesus' name to release this woman and let her go. And when I said that, there was a visible shudder on her face. And I could tell that something had happened. And for the first time she spoke, she looked at me and she smiled. And she said, oh, I can remember. I'll never forget what a shock that was to me. Oh, I can remember. The obvious thing was she hadn't said a word for a year and a half. And uh, who knows what power of mind control that Satan was operating uh, that spirit in her body with. It opened my mind to understand something about Satan. And that is that Satan occupies a lot of his activity against the Christians, against the church, against you and I as children of God. He operates against us in the area of mind control. That's what he does. He's a master at understanding our thoughts, how our thoughts work. And I'm going to spend a lot of time, uh, Scott, in in this session proving from Scripture the very influence that Satan has in thoughts. As I've written this new book, well, it's uh, new in the sense that it's, uh, I wrote it uh, in the last several years, uh, but the, the title of the book is The Fight of Every Believer. And what is the fight of every believer? The fight of every believer is with Satan and mind control and trying to throw your mind off track with the Lord put you in a place of compromise with thoughts that he fires into your mind. And we're going to examine this because this is a current battle of every believer. And I trust I'll have something to say to you from the scripture. 
Uh, let's read now out of 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. 2 Corinthians eleven three. But I fear lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Read that one more time. But I fear lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Paul is saying that he's concerned that the minds of believers in Corinth could be corrupted by Satan the way he uh, corrupted Eve and deceived Eve with the uh, temptation. Let's go back and check that's God in Genesis chapter 3, verses 1, 4, and 5. This is speaking about Eve. Sure. Genesis 3, 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, As God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Now in verse 4. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now, what Satan did here and the primary sin that has beguiled all of us for our lives is the question that Satan asked Eve when he said, Hath God said? He attacked the truth of what God had said to Eve. God said, Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's the one tree you cannot partake of. But uh, Satan attacked that, and he said, Hath God said? And the, f- the initial sin, the original sin of Adam and Eve in the garden was the sin of doubting God's word. Now, that is rebellion. When you doubt what God has said, that is the, the very essence of sin, and that is rebellion. So sin was born at that moment in the Garden of Eden. And since that time, there has been a battle between Satan and us. He has endeavored to manipulate our minds. He is a master of dealing in thoughts. He knows how our mind wanders. Have you ever wondered why you can be sitting in a church service and all of a sudden you're thinking of some thought totally divorced from what's going on in church? You're planning a business deal, sir. Uh, In your business, ladies, you're planning uh, the menu for Sunday dinner uh, running through your mind, but your your mind has has become a, a a receptor of so many things that come, and most of the time we accept the guilt because we think the thought, and we think, well, I must be bad, I I must be wicked because I allowed that thought into my mind. No, Satan has the opportunity, and he has the power of suggestion, and that's what that. I learned in that spirit that said its name was mind control. There is an effort that Satan exerts against you and me in the area of our minds. And one of the things that the Bible is trying to tell us, and it's so important for you and me to understand it because there's a battle going on. We, when we say we want to fight the good fight of faith, what is it? It's a fight of faith against the control that the enemy is endeavoring to to work in your life and mine. So we think the thoughts, and immediately, innocently, we think there are thoughts, and many times bad thoughts come into our mind. And early on in my Christian life, I was horrified that I would think something like that, 
And I immediately, because it was so horrific and sinful, I immediately came under the load of sin because I thought it was my thought. And I didn't realize that the enemy had the ability to put that thought in there. And that's what I'm going to show you from Scripture in our our times together as we discuss this. But uh, let's go now, Scott, to uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. This talks about our spiritual warfare with Satan. Go ahead and read that if you would. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Excuse me, pause there for a moment. We do not wrestle. Now, there is an important word. We do not wrestle. There is the word wrestle. It means there's a battle. And that's why the fight of every believer is a wrestling match. And this is a part of the foundation for that that Paul expresses to us. Go ahead Mm. and continue. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Okay, let's take that apart now one by one. The first one was principalities. Daniel prayed, and uh, the angel of the Lord came to him and said that he'd been wrestling with the prince of Persia. Uh, There are princes that operate over countries in in spiritual realms. And uh, here we have, we wrestle with principalities. Uh, I think the next word was powers. powers. In, In the Greek, that word is exousia. That means authorities, spiritual authorities. And the next one was against rulers of the darkness of this age. Rulers of the darkness of this age. That's a third kind of spiritual power that's involved. And then the fourth one. Spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now, that is a very descriptive term. There are spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. If you think only God lives in heaven, you ought to read your Bible again. Because the Bible indicates that Satan occupies heaven as well. And I'll discuss that more in these few moments ahead of us. But it's important to understand that there is a full-scale military campaign going on in your life and mine. Let's read a little more now in Acts chapter 8, verses 9 through 11, Scott. Okay. But there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. Now, that's a sorcerer. That's a fortune teller. That, that's a guy hooked up with demons. And his name is Simon the sorcerer. Now, jump down to verse 20, if you would, Scott, uh, 20, 21, and 22. Okay. But Peter said to him, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent therefore of this, your wickedness and pray God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. Pray God that the thought of your heart might be forgiven you. What the Bible is saying there is that Satan had put a thought In the heart of Simon the sorcerer, he gave him the idea of trying to buy the anointing of the Holy Spirit from Peter and John, and Peter immediately rebuked that and and, and stopped it. But it was something that that was going on, and it was a a real part of the battle. Now, here's something that's going to really blow your mind. Uh, Let's read John 13. 
John 13, yeah, John 13, 2. And supper being ended, the devil having already put it in the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Whoa. You can't get away from that, folks. There it is. It's as clear as the nose on your face and on my face. Now, Satan having put into the heart of Judas to betray Jesus, it was a thought from the devil that betrayed Jesus Christ. Think of the power of that thought coming and corrupting the mind of one of the disciples of Jesus. And remember, Jesus said to him at the Last Supper, Judas, it would be better for you if you had never been born. Judas had bowed to the power and authority of Satan, and it was Satan that had put the idea of betraying Christ. And you know what happened. Uh, Judas went to the high priest. Uh, He sold out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. And uh, then he said, I'll lead you to him in the Garden of Gethsemane with his disciples. So uh, Judas led the soldiers who came from the high priest, and he kissed Jesus on the cheek. And uh, they took Jesus away, and that night, Judas was tremendously convicted by what he'd done. He went back to the high priest. He wanted to give them the money back. He wanted them to, to release Jesus and let him go, but it was too late. Pharisees said, forget it. We've given you the money, now be gone. And uh, the Bible said Judas went out and hanged himself. He had been dealing directly with Satan, Satan had confounded him, and even as a disciple of Jesus Christ, you you know what the Bible says. I've just outlined it for you. Now, let me talk a little bit about this and pick it up with uh, another story or an illustration from our ministry. In 1978, I was working in the Soviet Union, Russia, with um, one of my Living Sound teams. I believe it was Living Sound Team 4. And we had gone into uh, Leningrad and on from there to Tallinn, Estonia. And we were staying in a hotel uh, in uh, Tallinn called the Vero Hotel. Every day we would be sightseeing in the the town. Uh, We'd come back for a meal, for the supper meal. And they had a rock and roll band that uh, played in the supper club. And there was a a girl who sang. She was probably the most famous uh, cabaret singer in Western Russia. And she was quite famous among her own people. And she would sing. And I I got an idea as I I watched her perform one night. And uh, I, I said to some of the guys, why don't you go and talk to the band, the musical band that's playing for Mario, and uh, indicate to them that maybe they speak English, maybe they don't, we don't know for sure, but try to show them that you're musicians of some sort, and maybe they'll give us an invitation to come and do some, uh, some music right on the, uh, the floor here in the hotel. So our guys did it, and uh, sure enough, the other guys were excited to find out that American band was there and was willing to play. They, they didn't know. We were Christians. They didn't have any idea what kind of music we'd sing. So our, our band went out there, and they did a 45-minute gospel concert, shared testimonies, and then the team leader, Sean Alexander, preached a 5- to 10-minute gospel message explaining the plan of salvation, inviting people to invite Jesus Christ into their heart. 
Well, folks, you can imagine uh, the shock that that created in the hotel. Uh, the cabaret singer was so intrigued by the testimony of our young people. She had never seen people who were not there to get drunk and just to mess around and have a party. And here were serious Christian people who sang about their faith in God. And at 3 o'clock in the morning, that early that morning, our bass singer, Oscar, Oscar was a, an African-American, and he led Mario to Jesus. And uh, the next night, she came back on to do her cabaret show, and she immediately began telling people about her newfound faith. Uh, this happened uh, several days at the, uh, at the club in the Viru, and finally the KGB got so upset with her that they had her fired. But she simply moved down the street uh, to the Methodist Church, a church that we had sung in and knew several of the people. One of the people we knew was Giannis Carner, and you remember him, Scott, Absolutely. from the old days. But yeah. anyway, Mario began to testify and to share her testimony with the church. But the, the whole thing was so inflammatory that it, uh, she had to flee the country, escape across the Baltic into Stockholm, Sweden. And I went to meet her several uh, months later, and she was having some real mind battles, and I was able to pray with her. But uh, something happened to me in Stockholm that I've never forgotten. When I was done talking to Mario that night, and uh, I, I was staying in the YMCA with my music group, Living Sound, I went to bed that night after I'd spent time counseling with, with, with her concern or her own battles with her, her thoughts. And as I went to sleep, and I woke up just kind of semi-awoke. It's hard to describe. I call it semi-consciousness. I was, I was coming back. I'd been asleep, but I was kind of half waking up. And all of a sudden, I began to think the most grotesque, lustful thoughts in my mind that I had ever thought. I'd never thought anything like this ever in my life. And I was horrified. It so startled me that I came to full consciousness. And I realized that I was under attack. And uh, I, I battled for maybe 40, 45 minutes in that room, praying in the Spirit and battling by using the Word of God. And finally, I sensed the vice. It was like a vice gripping on my head. And suddenly, I felt it release. And I jumped out of bed, and I commanded the evil spirit to get out. And I chased it right out the window. And the thing is, when I was standing at the window, I looked out the window, and I had no idea that we were in a red light district, and there were prostitutes standing out of the hotel selling their their uh, their wares, and I suddenly realized what an area of wickedness we were trying to. to I was trying to sleep in in the middle of that, but the power of it overwhelm me and to this day I've begun to realize you get into certain areas where certain spiritual powers operate, certain wicked spirits operate and you're going to come under the influence of stuff that you can't control unless you know what you're doing with the Word of God and that's why we're going to be talking about this today. That is good. So all those thoughts and those stories that you shared, the thoughts that are in your mind don't just come from you. No. No, no, no. Satan has access to our minds. That's why a fortune teller or a mind reader, have you ever heard of a, an occult uh, mm -hmm. people who read minds? Yes. 
Uh, if you say the devil can't read minds, then what spirit is doing this reading of minds? It happens. And uh, the, the intelligence and the power of the enemy in knowing how to, to trip us up, and a trip is the best word, really. It's just to trip us up, knock us flat on our face. That can happen so quickly. And that's why this is a fight of every believer. We've got to learn how to fight it and how to win. And how to take back control of our mind. That's right. And we can do that through the power of Christ. We're going to be discussing that next session. <laughs> Excellent. Good stories, Dad. I enjoyed, uh, uh, well, Mario, I haven't heard that name in a long time. M mm. A R J U, right? M A R J U. That's Mar-U. right. That's right. I remember that. I've got an old album of hers from Uncle Jim mm. I was listening to a couple of weeks ago. Well, thank you for sharing, Dad. And uh, we hope you enjoyed this uh, first foray into the battlefield of the mind, taking a captive your thoughts. We hope you enjoyed our time together. I know we did. God bless you. Grace and peace on you. And we look forward to talking to you again soon. Take care. Thank you for listening today to the Conversations Podcast with Terry Law and Scott Law. We hope you enjoyed it. This podcast has been brought to you by our sponsor, Terry Law Speaks. Go to terrylawspeaks.com if you'd like to book Terry to speak at your church or special event. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and many of the other major podcast platforms. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll see you next time as we continue to share the love and grace of God with you and with those who've yet to hear.